Welcome to Body Sculpt of New York Six Weeks to Fitness Podcast, where we hope to inform, motivate, encourage, and inspire you towards living a healthier lifestyle. And now, here's your host, the president of Body Sculpt of New York, Vince Ferguson. Hi, I'm Vince Ferguson. Welcome to Six Weeks to Fitness, episode 134. Thank you so much for tuning in. Dominique Williams, famously known as G.I. Jane, is not only an actress, but an army veteran and courageous cancer survivor. This Georgia peach is forging a major imprint in the industry of entertainment. In 2018, G.I. Jane was discovered by the legendary movie producer Will Packer which led to her starring in the 2019 summer hit film Shaft opposite Samuel L. Jackson. And joining me today on my Six Weeks of Fitness podcast to discuss her promising career and more is Dominique Williams. Dominique, how are you? I'm blessed. Thanks for having me. Thank you for coming on the show. Now, before we dive into your being in the movie and what it was like being cast in a major motion picture with one of Hollywood's leading actors, let's talk a little bit about you, okay? Okay. Perfect. Now, I'm a Navy veteran, and as a Navy veteran, and you being an Army veteran, I want to thank you for for your service. I appreciate that. Thank you for your service as well. Thank you so much. Now, I know that you live in Atlanta, Georgia now, but where did you grow up originally? Originally, I grew up in Cincinnati, Ohio. Okay. So, when you were a child, did you know that you wanted to be an actress? As a child, I knew I wanted to be something that was in the entertainment industry. I kind of wanted to do it all. I was a character from early on, singing, dancing around, reciting lines from movies. So I knew something like that was in the plans for me. Okay, but you didn't know how to get there, correct? I didn't know how to get there. I didn't actually do anything in that field until I got here in Atlanta. Really? So you also went to college. I did. And what did you study there? When I went to college, I took up originally journalism, and then I switched my majors to uh, public relations and marketing. Journalism, public relations, and marketing. But yet you went into the Army. How did you get there? (laughs) So the Army kind of came about from me seeing kids around my campus doing ROTC, and just from me seeing them get to go travel and do different things. And Cincinnati was such a bland place to me that I was like, I have to get out of here. So that was like my escape route. (laughs) Ah, I see. So there wasn't much happening in Cincinnati, Ohio. No, not at all. Okay, so since you were part of the ROTC program, that means you are on your way to becoming an officer, correct? Correct, but instead of waiting and just graduating, um, I decided to just enlist from there, like, So my junior year, I said, I'm out of here. You know, they gave me the opportunity to get out of there early. I'm like, I'm out of (laughs) here. Really? So what was your MOS and where were you stationed in the Army? My MOS was 25 Bravo, which is Info Technology uh, Specialist. And then I was stationed in Fort Jackson. Nice. Nice. Wow. Now, Fort Jackson is where? That's uh, Columbia, South Carolina. South Carolina. Okay, great. So you were in the info technology field, which means you have a lot of brains. I do. I, I score pretty well on my ASVAB, I might say. So I came in with security clearance and all that great stuff. Wow. wow. Awesome. Awesome. Now, is that why they call you G.I. Jane, because of your military service? 
That is part of the reason. And because initially when I went into the military, I had one of those uh, quite unique Cassie haircuts. And, you know, that's kind of that's kind of not uniform or standard in the military. And being that I was one of those not so individuals in the military, it was kind of the means to break me. So they made me shave off all of my hair or they were going to send me home. So that's basically the ma- the majority of the G.I. Jane because, you know, in the movie, they had to shave her, her head ball. Demi Moore. Uh-huh. <laughs> Correct. Now, in addition to being an Army veteran, you're also a cancer survivor. Whoa. Right? Right. Yes. You're young and you are healthy, but yet you're diagnosed with cancer. How did you how did you deal with that diagnosis? Um, it was very dramatic for me, especially being so young and nobody understanding. Um, cancer actually runs in my family, but you know, you don't hear about it until people are older. Yes. So um a lot of people didn't know how to take it and I definitely didn't know how to take it myself, especially being surrounded by people who are uneducated about my diagnosis. So it really took a toll on me because I had no outlet to go to for help. No support. No support at all. So I kind of had to find it within myself and kind of had to figure things out for myself, being a person who myself didn't really know much about my diagnosis either. Oh, my goodness. So did you treat your cancer the traditional way with chemotherapy or did you go the homeopathic route? Well, initially, I I didn't do much of anything because I was still in shock and, and confused and I also didn't have medical um, care at the time, but that's when I kind of decided to, you know, take it amongst myself and just disappear from Cincinnati, and I ended up in Atlanta, and once I got here, I had a combination of help from people who wanted to help me with going the holistic route, and then I also had people who um, helped me go the traditional route, and I ended up going to chemotherapy and radiation and getting a surgery ultimately that um, removed the cancer. It wasn't until you went to Atlanta that you found that support. That's amazing. Yeah, it wasn't until I got to Atlanta. So what was it about Atlanta that's so different from Cincinnati? I really don't know. I can't tell you. Maybe it's the Southern hospitality, but the people are just different here. Um, Really? I would say um, they were more understanding, more helpful. You know, what can we do? And these are complete strangers because I came here not, not having family, not really having you know, any real friends, I might have had associates that I knew of, but people just were so willing to help me and want to see me win here, which is something I also wasn't used to. Um, in my city, it's more of like crabs in a bucket. So That is crazy. I mean, to hear that, so Atlanta, is that is that much of a difference from Ohio, from Cincinnati? It definitely is. Wow. Okay, so how long have you been in Atlanta now? So I've been in Atlanta now for seven years. So how has beating cancer changed your life? Beating cancer has changed my life in so many ways. I mean, it's, it's given me a different outlook on life. You know, it's definitely a humbling yes. process. It's something that breaks you down and builds you back up. So, you know, I was at my darkest moments. But, you know, from that dark moment, I now have like an, an internal light that I feel like helps me combat everything that I go through on a daily basis. Because, you know, normal things that somebody goes through, you know, if you can get through cancer, what can what can you not get through? Yes. So if, you know, with the faith and perseverance to get through those things and the strength and the willpower to 
um, deal with that test. You know, I now have a testimony that kind of helps me in my everyday living with anything from the smallest to the biggest things that I deal with. Excellent. Has it increased your faith in God? It definitely has, because that's the only way that I could have made it through such things. So, Yes, yes. Now, do you spend time now speaking with other women about cancer, supporting them, getting them the support they need? I just now kind of collaborated with uh, a lot of different organizations from Emory Hospital to different um, events such as like iHeartRadio with going on these 5K walks and doing these outreach programs for women because until recently, I still had never met another woman with ovarian cancer until probably like in the past 30 days. Really? You know, it's just not one of those cancers that is is you not know, talked about much. So now that I have found a group that is catering to like women and certain cancers that they have that are less spoken about, what I'm trying to do is educate other people, women as well, and counsel them and motivate them that, you know, if I can get through it, you also can get through it. And, you know, you don't have to live a you know, I had cancer, like, no, you know, you can go on and still do everything that you see anybody else doing. And I guess more people need to hear that, you know? Right. What about your, your healthier lifestyle? Because you basically, you're, you're from the military, you're young, you're, you're active, you're healthy, right? Do you, are you more involved with your health though? Do you eat properly? Are you exercising more? What are you doing? So yes, I just kind of re revamped my whole exercise, uh, program. So now I'm getting up early and exercising at 4.30 in the morning. I've always had an active lifestyle, but I'm taking it a little bit more seriously as of lately. Um, Also, as far as eating, I've always been a healthy eater. Um, I've always been into, you know, eating green and not eating a whole bunch of things with preservatives in them and all that kind of stuff. So that's always been in me. So now it's probably in me a little bit more staying away from so much sugar. So, you know, sugar yes. also helps, you know, inflammation of uh, toxins and all that kind of stuff. So when I wake up in the morning, I have a shot of ginger every day. Ginger. Perfect. <laughs> Wheatgrass is one of my favorite things as well, even though, even though most people think it's disgusting. Exactly. Um, I stay hydrated. We know that from the military. That's one of the key components to drink water, stay hydrated. So, yeah, I would say that I'm just continuing to get more and more into living a healthier lifestyle. But that doesn't mean that you still can't, you know, enjoy food and enjoy life and things of that nature. Just everything is within moderation. Exactly. And putting in more healthy food than the bad stuff, you know? Right. I believe that, you know, so excellent. I'd love to hear what you just said. My listeners would love to hear that G.I. Jane is healthy. You know what I mean? She's living a healthy life. Right. <laughs> so let's talk about the movie. <laughs> How did you get cast in the movie Shaft with Samuel Jackson? Well, it happened to just kind of be, I guess, one of those those days that it's like a once upon a time, you know, like something out of a movie book or a story or something like that. I just happened to be working at work on a typical day, and one of my friends brought in um, uh, a mutual friend of his, and that mutual friend just happened to be superstar director Will Packer. Wow. And um, 
you know, no, it was kind of interesting to me because no one else really noticed him, but I did. You did? Really? <laughs> I did. I'm like, oh, my goodness, this is who I think it is at my bar. But I, I let him kind of, you know, live. I didn't want to be too, uh, like, oh, my goodness, yes. Will Packer. Yes. So, um, you know, he had mentioned, like, do I do anything else besides bartend or whatever and I said no not really and he asked me what my interests are and I said I've always had an interest in film and he said well you know I'm a director and I'm like yeah I know know. and from there it was just kind of like you know he exchanged contact information to his people so I could potentially get in touch with them and cast for some things and I was just ecstatic and like overwhelmed, like, oh my God, this isn't happening to me right now. And it's like Beyonce walks up to somebody and like, here's my number. If you want to, you know, jump in my next music video, you know, call me. <laughs> right. <laughs> so it it was like that. And I actually lost his information and I was like, oh my goodness, I don't know what I'm going to do. But, you know, I believe in if it's for you, you know, it will happen, you know, yes. whatever you know, it's going to come back around to you. So even though I lost his number six months later, um, fast forward, my same friend that brought him in said, hey, he asked if you would like to audition for a role. I said, what? Of course. He, six months later, he's thinking about me. He said, yeah, he remembers you. You know, you, you left that good of an energy on him that I'm like, oh, my goodness. So I actually was sick at the moment. So I was really being like, I don't know if I can do the audition right now, but I'll tell you when I can do it. And it's like, oh, no, no, no. It doesn't work like that. <laughs> oh, really? So what? this is a, this is an opportunity. You mm-hmm. either take it or you leave it. And I'm like, oh, my goodness, what am I going to do? I'm in bed sick with pneumonia, and I'm really not supposed to leave. Like, this is this serious. And I rushed over to one of my friends' house um, that is big in the film industry, and he said, I'm going to help you. And we put together my my um my audition tape. Yes. And we sent it off. And lo and behold, I'm in Shaft. Wow. It was six months since you when you first met Will Packer, right? Right. And so and you lost his number. How long did you how long was it lost? It was lost for six months. Are you serious? Six <laughs> months? What? So yeah, you and I did everything in my power trying to Reach out via social media, yes. you know, I got somebody else's number within his company and they're like, who are you? And I'm like, this is who I am. And I met him and he told me to call you guys. And they're like, nah, you know, kind of how gatekeepers are. Yes, so. I do. Yes. <laughs> and they, they figure, well, it's just another fan. That's another wannabe, you know, making, right. making up stuff. Right. Exactly. Right. Now for this audition tape, what did you, what did you, what did you put on it? Oh, yeah. By the time my friend had reached out to me and, and let me know that he was still interested in, in me doing something, um, they had sent me, like, you know, a, a short snippet of the script. So I actually didn't know that I was going to be filming for Chef. I just knew I was going to be filming for, you know, something that Will Packer was involved with. Yeah. And um, when I read it, you know, it said, you know, my character, which was a beautiful woman, and it said, Sam. And I'm like, Sam, who's Sam? So, and then we're going along and we're reading it and, you know, all this stuff. And then my friend said, Sam, that's Samuel L. Jackson. I said, nah, I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> nah, I don't think so. And they're like, yeah, it is. You got a scene with Samuel L. Jackson. I'm like, nah. So when I sent in the audition tape and they sent me back the information, 
it's Samuel L. Jackson. I'm like, whoa, what? That's huge. <laughs> yeah, you know, I know plenty of people who have been doing film all their life, and they've been on a multitude of things, and they've never gotten a role with, you know, somebody like Samuel L. Jackson. So for this to be my debut, I just felt like this was this was really something that was meant to happen. It was, you know, like it. It. I. I don't have any other words for it, but. It was something that was put in place for me. Yes, like serendipity is supposed to happen. It's good, you know, excellent. Mm-hmm. That is awesome. You're and you were in the right place at the right time too. At that uh, right. bar, so you were bartending for a little while. Yes. Wow. Wow. How was that experience? Bartending is a great experience for me because you meet so many different people, and people tell you their different walks of life, and you know, from me doing. Um, from for me going through what I went through with cancer, you'd be amazed at how many people recognize me from that struggle. I have heard about it from social media and they'll come up to me and they'll tell me their story or about a family member or how what I went through moved them and it's kinda like a, a I don't know, like a liberating experience just to hear somebody say that my testimony like really helped them through something. Wow, that's amazing. It really truly is. You know, it's just, you just never know what people are going through, you know? Right. Exactly. Now, has being cast in the movie opposite Sam Jackson, has that changed your life as far as your career path and what what was happening for you now? Well, I definitely, like I said, I was interested in being in film and things of that nature. So it kind of let me know that even though, you know, I didn't have a past in it, I could, I now could take it more seriously and that it's not out of the realm of my reach. You know, I kind of felt before, like, I don't know anything about this. I, you know, there's been times where people tell me all the time, like, I, I, for the Tupac movie or, you know, just people I know. And I'm like, how did you do that? And they're like, well, they just sent out something and I just went. So now that this door is open for me, I'm definitely going to take heed and, you know, go ahead and, keep pressing on towards, you know, yes, taking it more seriously and being in the film industry and in any aspect that I can. Yes, most definitely. Now, Sam Jackson is known as the hardest working man in Hollywood, sometimes maybe even the busiest because he's been doing so much work in, in the past 20 whatever years. But was he nice to you and did he offer you any oh, advice? He was nice. He was definitely nice, which is which was very unexpected. Because I can't say that everybody on set was so nice. Really? Really nice? He was, and they weren't. What? (laughs) You know, because it was like, who is this girl? Where did she come from? What has she done? What's her resume? Mm. And it's like, um, you know, it's just kind of like, I felt like I was being hazed. (laughs) Really, though? Oh, man. And, you know, Samuel Jackson didn't treat me that way. It was kind of like, okay, you know, when I messed up, because I had never done this before. You know, he took his time and he was like, do it like this and let's do it like that. And, you know, like we inserted different things to make the scene a little bit more, I don't know, livelier and all those type of things. And he didn't have to do that. He could have just been like, oh, no, send me somebody else because they can do that. They'd be like, no, not her. Yes. Send me somebody Mm. else. And he took his time and he walked me through it. He wasn't mean. He wasn't rude. He did cuss a lot, but that's just him anyway. Yeah, <laughs> but overall, I've, I have nothing but great things to say about my experience working with him. 
Wow, that is so good to hear, though, about him, you know? Really, truly is. But I'm sorry to hear about the haters, though. I mean, I guess wherever you go, you're going to find them, you know? Like, who are you? Right. Just starting out. But now, have, yeah. you, have you been able to take this opportunity to promote yourself or to get other auditions? Um, That's interesting because I have, I am able to do that, but I don't. And I don't know if some people say that that's not good that I don't do that. But I just, I mean, there have been people that have reached out to me because they see me and it's like, hey, we want you to be in a part of this. And I have done things that way. But when it comes to myself going up to somebody and say, hey, include me in this because I was in Shaft, I don't really like to do that because I want people to respect me as, you know, like in the genuineness of being an actress, you know, I don't like, you know, I start going to acting classes as of lately, you know, some people are like, you don't really even have to do all that, but I want to go through what anybody else would go through to get to where they are. I don't want to be one of those people that are kind of like, yeah, I got this, this way in and, you know, I just kind of milked it and I didn't put the work behind it because I feel like anything that you pray for, you should also be willing to work for. It's actually one of my favorite quotes. Like I'm willing to work for anything that I prayed for. So I don't want anybody to feel like, you know, I took a shortcut. I want you to know that I, I equally put the work in. I interviewed last week a young lady named Raquel, Raquel uh, Bailey, and she's the one to put a picture on the billboard at the, by Tyler Perry Studios asking him to hire mm -hmm. her. As a result of that, she was brought in to audition, but she had to audition five times before she got a part. So she still had mm -hmm. to, she, all right, so she got the exposure, but she still had to do the work. Right? Right. And that's what you're mm -hmm. saying. Okay, I got the exposure, but now I need to do the work. Right. Now, in addition to acting, in addition to what you've done, I understand you're also a businesswoman. Tell my listeners about that. I Yes, let's talk about that. So, um, in terms of business, I decided um, dealing with, you know, cancer and things of that nature. At once upon a time, I was, of course, bald due to chemo radiation. And for some strange reason... Um, well, I mean, I guess it's not strange, but for one reason or another, people really took to um, embracing my, I guess, my look when I, I went through that. Some people thought it was just a look, and some people knew it was, you know, due to what I was going through. And with that, um, a lot of hair vendors came to me and offered me, you know, opportunities to rock hair pieces for them, like wigs and whatever and whatnot. And when I did it, it was just like, oh, my goodness, she looks great bald and she looks great with hair. And it kind of like gave other women with lupus and cancer and alopecia this piece that, like, you know, I could still be beautiful no matter what I went through. And, you know, seeing her rock a wig with confidence and seeing her rock her bald head with confidence, you know, is something that moves me. So I decided myself to create a hairline and dedicated for women with alopecia, cancer, lupus, or anybody who's struggling with some kind of hair battle or something that they feel is keeping their self-confidence, you know, um, at a minimum, just to maximize it and, and let them know that, you know, you are still beautiful, whether you have hair, you don't have hair, or whatever and whatnot. That's kind of like the, the token behind my hairline. And then I also came out with a cosmetics line because, I know that you also go through skin and 
male and, you know, difficulties with stuff like that when you go through these terminal illnesses or whatever you're going through. It's kind of more so I just wanted to create something for women or, I mean, because men wear hair pieces too, um, that kind of just empowers them that, you know, you are still beautiful regardless. So right now I have a hairline and I have a cosmetic line. Awesome. And they are called Christine Clark Co. And underneath that is the Classy Trust Beauty Box, which is the hairline, and then the Christine Clark Cosmetics, which is the skin um, and uh, body line. Are these companies owned solely by you? They're owned solely by me. And I named them after my grandmother, Christine Clark, because she died of breast cancer. So that was kind of like my little tribute back to my grandmother. Oh, beautiful. Of course. Maybe you'll get on Shark Tank and promote that, huh? Yeah, maybe. Exactly. I put it out there. I put it out there. <laughs> right. You put it in the atmosphere. But we believe in that to speak it, you know? Now, mm-hmm. do you have a website that promotes that, those products? I do, but it's under construction. I don't know. Maybe by the time you post this, maybe it'll be up and fully running. Okay. In about two weeks, you think? Yeah, that's possible. Okay. Okay. Then I'll reach out to get the website from would would Vince. Would he, uh, Cunningham? Would uh-huh. he, okay, I'll reach out to him before I post it. So if he can give me that information, that would be great. Now, can my listeners follow you on social media? Yes. They definitely can follow me on social media on Instagram at Mrs. G.I. Jane, which is M R S G I J A N E. And it has to be spelled exactly like that. No underscores, no dots. M R S. I-J-A-N-E because there is a lot of fake pages out there right now with me on them. Really? They are not me. Yes. Already? What? Really? Why? Why? <laughs> I, I don't know. I guess they want to cash in on, on being Ms. Yes. Hopefully soon my verification will be here and I won't have to worry about that because they'll know the real from the fake. Oh my goodness. Okay. Okay. So, but Dominique Williams, on behalf of Body Scope of New York and Six Weeks of Fitness, I truly want to thank you for coming on my show. Thank you again for having me. And to my listeners, I truly hope this program was informative, encouraging, and inspiring, that you will continue tuning in to our Six Weeks of Fitness podcast. And if you have any questions, comments, or suggestions for the show, please leave them on my Six Weeks of Fitness blog at www.sixweeksoffitness.com or email me at vince at sixweeks.com. Take care. Bye-bye.